Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in our study of the book of Acts. Our scripture is found in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. In God's perfect time, he fulfills the promise of Jesus made to his disciples just prior to his ascension. The coming of the Holy Spirit, which would indwell all true believers. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he delivers today's slice of this week's message entitled, The Promise Arrives. John chapter 16, verses 17, uh, 7 and 8. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you, and he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. That whole old covenant, all that law was to be your tutor to lead you to Christ. And when the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit will use the law to expose your sin to drive you to the Savior. There was no doubt that that was on the minds of that 120 people who gathered in Jerusalem. We met them last week, the 11 apostles, and then the whole group added uh, Matthias to replace Judas Iscariot to fill out the, uh, fill out the full complement of 12 uh, apostles. This was on their minds. Surely they were praying for this. Verses 4 and 5 of chapter 1, we saw this. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Remember, 40 days had elapsed. Jesus said, I'm going to meet you up in Galilee. They did. Now they're in Jerusalem, and he says, not many days from now. You'll see the connection. Chapter 1, verse 8, that I mentioned we would say, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. Just like I said to you that night before the cross, guys, you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. Well, now we're ready for the big day. The promise arrives. This is a major part of this turning point era in human history and the unfolding of God's kingdom program. The promise was reiterated in Acts 1. The disciples were to wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit, which is in chapter 2. In chapter 2, He comes. In chapter 1, they were held back. Wait here till it happens. In chapter 2, they're empowered. And in chapter 1, Jesus ascends. In chapter 2, the Holy Spirit descends and everything is on in the plan of God. Now, this miraculous arrival of the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at 13 verses. Verse 1, the miracle scheduled, then the miracle announced, the miracle explained, and the miracle questioned. 
This is exactly on God's schedule, so look at the miracle scheduled. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all gathered in one place. All right, let's just make sure we understand that. They, the antecedent is, that same 120 that we met in chapter 1. The apostles and the other faithful believers, those precious women that are named there, um, they were in one place. Well, it doesn't say it, but logically, almost certainly, it was that same upper room in somewhere in Jerusalem where they had met when they chose Matthias. And that might well have been the same upper room that uh, Jesus had the final Passover with His men. Well, God scheduled this event for the day of Pentecost. Now, the word Pentecost means 50th. It's the New Testament name for what in the Old Testament is called the Feast of Weeks or the Feast of Harvest. It was celebrated 50 days after Passover. Hence, we know this took place 50 days after Jesus died. Pentecost was one of those annual feasts in Israel where people were to come, if they could, to, uh, to the temple. So there were uh, crowds and crowds of people there, just as on the Passover. Now, the Hebrew calendar is not our calendar, but on the, in the calendar of Israel, the first annual feast described and set forth in Leviticus 23 is Passover. It's a great picture of the Messiah who is going to come. It was to commemorate how God threw lambs that were sacrificed and their blood applied to the doorpost of the, house, of the homes and the angel of death passed over those homes when God killed all of the firstborn among the Egyptians. What a beautiful picture of Jesus, the lamb, the singular lamb who takes away the sin of the world. 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says, Christ, our Passover also has been sacrificed. Immediately on the heels of the Passover came the Feast of Unleavened Bread, seven days following Passover. And during that feast, um, that was they were to remember it was unleavened bread. Don't even wait for your bread to rise. You're going to leave Egypt in a hurry. Um, leaven is always a symbol of corruption or sin. Unleavened is a symbol of purity. So this is an idea of having been made holy after the sacrifice of, of the Lamb. And God set apart His people from their slavery in Egypt as we are set apart from the world in Christ. Then 50 days after Passover is the Feast of Pentecost. Another offering of first fruits was required then, as was during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It's not a surprise that God chose to send the Holy Spirit at the time of Pentecost when an offering of first fruits was made because the Holy Spirit is the first fruits of our inheritance in Christ. Remember, He's called our arabone, our guarantee. And the analogy most people make is our engagement ring. This is the down payment. We have this incredible inheritance, imperishable, undefiled, will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God. And what's the guarantee of the promise? The Holy Spirit that you have. Another picture fulfilled on that day is that this is the day when those first 3,000 people were brought to, to salvation in Christ. Incredible outpouring. We'll see it later in this very same chapter. Well, those are the first fruits of the harvest of souls that's still going on. 
we're part of that harvest if we're in Christ. Now, do you see again, God always keeps His promises. He fulfills every prophecy specifically. And all of the illustrations in the Old Testament, all of the the formal types of Christ, they're all brought to reality in in Him. This happened exactly on the right day, just as Jesus was crucified exactly on the right day, according to the plan of God. Now, number two, the miracle announced. This is spectacular. Chapter 2, verse 2. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Suddenly is a, it's a unique word. It's a, a Greek word that only Luke uses in the New Testament, it emphasizes surprise, something that is startling, something that makes your heart race, that kind of a thing. Now, they knew the promise. They surely had been praying for it to come. They knew it was imminent, but the phenomena that God used to announce this event still was so spectacular, it caught everybody by surprise. It even drew a crowd from the city. Now, if that makes you think of the descriptions of the second coming, it'll be a surprise on a day you're not thinking about it. Uh, Well, you're on the right track. But this was something spectacular. There came from heaven a noise. The word order puts the emphasis on from heaven. We want to make sure that you don't think this was a meteorological phenomenon. This was an unprecedented noise, but it didn't blow anyone's hair. A mighty rushing, what sounds like a mighty rushing wind, it's got to be something like a tornado or a hurricane. I'm I'm not sad that I've never been through a tornado or a hurricane, and they're not on my bucket list either, but I've seen the pictures. I've heard people that have been in and around tornadoes say, it sounded like a train coming full speed down our street, a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind. Supernatural activity is utterly beyond our grasp. So Bible writers were often guided by the Holy Spirit to use similes to describe things like this. It was like a sound like a tornado or a hurricane, but there was no wind blowing. Now in both Hebrew and Greek, it's interesting the same word is used in both languages for breath, wind, and spirit. You have to know the context to know which is being emphasized. Remember Jesus compared the Holy Spirit to the wind when He spoke to Nicodemus? You know, you say that you hear the wind, the wind blows where it wills, and you can't see where it came from. You can't see where it's going. You can see its work. Well, that's what He's picturing here. Remember Jesus one time breathed on the disciples, one of His, one of the last times that He predicted this coming of the Holy Spirit? Well, that sound was, we'll see in a few minutes, part of what attracted a crowd But would you notice, it filled only the house 
where they were sitting. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.